Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. There's women out there that have no voice in the whole world and they are spending their whole day trying to spread their message, which is such a good message, like about women's rights and things like that. But they don't have a platform because they they weren't a model or, you know, they don't have nice clothes and they can't post all their nice things. And then there's girls that have this huge platform and they're they're posting things that are literally so demoralising that it's like you're literally standing on the head of this person that is working their ass off to promote this message and you don't even care. Hello and welcome to this In Conversation episode of Shameless. Today we are joined by the marvellous Laura Henshaw. For those unacquainted, Laura is an entrepreneur, a law student, Instagram influencer, published author and all-round ray of sunshine. We caught up with Laura in her beachside home to talk about life in the public eye and how she's starting to find her political voice. Here's Laura. Laura Henshaw, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. I think you are the number one requested guest. Oh, I'm not kidding. So nice. On our Facebook <laughs> group, whenever we ask people who they want on the show, someone will comment Laura Henshaw and that comment will get about 200 likes. Oh, well, thanks, guys. Giving the people what they want. <laughs> I think I kind of feel, and this is, you're going to think I'm really strange for thinking this, but Probably. when I was younger, the only show I was allowed to watch was Home and Away. So Home and Away actresses and actors to me were like, oh my God, they're so cool. And I feel like because you guys are always in my car, Having you in my house in real life is like having my home in a way in my house. And cool. You're right. Out of the three of us, Zara and I, are more famous than you for sure. Yes, true. <laughs> Bow down, please. Hey, Laura, we start every episode, as you know, with the same question. What is it that you've been reading, watching or listening to this week? Well, apart from you guys, mm-hmm. I do finish your episode literally in the hour after you upload it. I feel like people week. feel obliged to say that. It's, it's give true. us something else. What else? <laughs> so I'm actually I'm reading a book. It's called Hunger by Roxane Gay, and I'm really loving it. It's been like, have you have you read it? I've heard of it a okay, lot and yeah. heard great things about it, but I haven't read it myself. I'm not finished yet. I'm about halfway, but it's been just really interesting to hear. It's a really her story is, is quite a sad story. It's really nice that she's sharing it, but how sexual abuse can lead to such a poor relationship with your body. 
And I'd never, ever, ever thought about it from that point of view. And I, it's just, I don't know what it is about the book, but it's really got to me. And I literally have just been very teary while I've been reading through a lot of it. And especially about diet culture and, and how it can be so in your face um, and pushing the message of thin equals happy um, in your face when you've gone through something like that and how you can never connect with it and exercise is always a punishment and, and it, yeah it was just, it's really interesting to hear it from her do you think it's because you have a great relationship with health and exercise and you love that so just to hear a different perspective is jarring for you maybe yeah I, I, maybe yeah I think so because I've never thought about that and obviously anyone that has followed me on social media if you get on I'm like hey guys so you have to go for a workout this morning because you're yeah. gonna feel really good and yeah I think it's it has just made me think even more about how important it is to have self-love before you then want to start your health journey because it's all connected and it exercise and, and eating well is not a punishment it needs to be something you do out of respect for your body so yeah it's just been really interesting I really recommend it mm. what about uh Netflix anything do you watch stuff yeah you don't look like a watcher I'm a watcher because it's always what someone who looks like a watcher look, looks like <laughs> Laura looks like she's running all the time or something <laughs> she's always outside at the beach I do I do adventure no, girl especially during uni so I haven't started uni again yet so that's why I'm reading I feel like once I get into uni I feel guilty if I'm not reading a uni book so I just don't read much at all yeah <laughs> um but I I've actually Dalton and I've been watching yummy mummy oh my god you haven't <laughs> Dalton likes it more than me and I think it's because I met um the girls the Melbourne girls before and it's on Netflix now and it's really just hilarious and there's an Adelaide mum on there it's kind of like watching a reality tv TV show like the drama but it's a little bit not I don't know how to explain it I feel better about watching that mm. than watching The Bachelor or something like that really? but yeah I am um, I'm really doing it <laughs> I'm judging you from across <laughs> I'm not I'm always after like an, an okay reality show like an underrated reality See, show you just have a laugh you absolutely have a laugh the Adelaide mum she only dresses her child in designer clothes <laughs> like just insane like the blankets are like uh, what's her favorite Amani I think Amani is her favorite and her whole house is designer and designer wallpaper and it's just so like I cannot relate to it in any way this Adelaide mum whatsoever it's so far from me that I just find it hilarious so and I like it when those characters are also painted in a really likable way where it's like I would never do this shit I don't understand it but also I wish I could hate you but I can't is it like that too or you do only for some of you (laughs) (laughs) so diplomatic (laughs) hey Laura tell us about you as a kid what were you like Oh, it's a good question. Um, I was sporty, you know, yeah. I've always liked running. Uh, I am from a, my parents divorced when I was in year seven, I think. Um, so that was probably the hardest thing that I went through during high school. I didn't tell anyone for two years about that. I was just so embarrassed because back then it, it wasn't very normal to have that. Um, and I went to a all-Catholic girls' school, so that was really good. Um, I love school sport. I'm not naturally smart at all, I'm, but I've always been a really hard worker with my studies. And I've and I think sport has really helped me with that. I learned that if you it's like with running, I was never a good runner, but when I trained, I got better. Discipline, so, yeah, yeah. I think definitely you can translate your discipline from your sporting and running and things into school. So I did that, and then I finished year twelve, and I had originally wanted to do dietetics. I love, obviously, I'm, I've always been really passionate about health. My subjects I did in year 12, like PE and health and some other ones and biology. And then I got an ATAR, my ATAR back and I got a score good enough to get into law. So then I was like, I have to do law. <laughs> I'd never done legal. I was so bad at English. 
you know Michelle. <laughs> I do I'm not, not know, but anyone, <laughs> anyone wondering about the backstory there, I worked with Laura in the Keep It Cleaner office for a little bit, helping you guys with copywriting and stuff. Laura is a great writer. She doesn't give herself enough credit. <laughs> so I, start, I just can't get words out as big as you can. Anyway, so I decided to do law, which at the time, I, for the first year, I absolutely hated it. Mm. I, I had no idea. I was so embarrassed. In law, there's a lot of mature age students, so half my class or even more was mature age. Here I was, 18, didn't really care about uni, kind of was going there because I felt like I had to and I should do law, and I didn't even know what a barrister was. I didn't know the different court systems. I didn't know everything, so I couldn't talk in class. I literally sat there and didn't say anything because I was too embarrassed. So, But now I really enjoy my studies, and it's, it's changed a bit. When you say, going back to saying you weren't a natural runner, but you had discipline and wanted to train yourself, or you weren't maybe a natural student, but you wanted to work hard, where do you think that came from? Do you think, like, was that really drilled in for you as a kid, or do you think you were just born that way? That's a really good question. I, I'm probably going to say that everything you say to me. <laughs> I to go through and edit it out like Laura said that I had to time. I would say it's a combination. I think I have learned I've, something that's really been really pivotal in I think who I am today is having to work for everything that I have. So um, since I was 14 and nine months, I had a job. I worked at Sub- Subway. I paid for everything since I was... Yeah, 15, like when I wanted to do my dad, my mum was like, that's okay, but like we financially can't do it. So if you want to do it, you have to save your dress and buy it. And I think, and I had to save my own car. And I, I think that has been something that really helped me because I have learnt that if you work hard, you can do things if, if you're not given them, where the discipline comes in. And, and that's why I think I struggled so much, especially in the modelling industry, because it's the only industry, one of the only industries where hard work doesn't actually equate to success. So that is now something that I'm not really doing anymore, which is great, unless it's a client that I like, love and like Jagged, for example, and books me for me. But yeah, with my studies and, and work, I've always applied that. And I think that's something that I learned from yeah, having to work for things. So where did the modelling come into it? How old were you? Were you scouted asking for a friend? Michelle wants to know. <laughs> it I think the... it's, it's a very common question. So I was um, asked a few times when I was younger and mum was like, oh, you have to finish school before you do it, which is fine. But when you're younger, like modelling seems like the coolest thing ever because there was girlfriend model search and all those things. But I started properly when I was about 19. I was at my friend's barbecue and someone who owned an agency was there and it was actually a promotional agency. And I ended up signing with them and then I did Fashion Week. And after doing Fashion Week, I changed to more of a modelling agency because I wasn't really a promo kind of look. And so I did that for... I've only just really stopped probably the past year really doing it after one casting experience where I was like I just can't do this anymore but it was good it was a really good job for me during university I think because it's you know you work less hours and it's great money but to do it full-time I I just can't there's only probably three girls in Melbourne who can work full-time because there's just not enough work and it does put a lot of mental pressure on you Mm. how does it feel for your appearance to be so ingrained with your worth when you are a model so that's a lot of pressure on someone to feel like every day you wake up and your work will depend on what you were born with really well that's why I think I stopped so I went to this casting um and it was not it was no one's fault except my own fault 
I was casting for a TV commercial and I went in and I'd been, I'd had meetings back to back all day. So I was wearing like a suit, like not, you know, some type of suit wear. Um, and I get in there and all the girls are like perfectly presented. I was disheveled and they had summer dresses on and I was sitting there like, oh God, I've got, I've got to get out of here. Like I've got another meeting. And I finally got called in and the lady was like, oh, did you read the brief? Like you were meant to be in a summer dress. And I was like, a summer dress? Like I, how can I wear a summer dress? Like I've just been to this meeting. And anyway, I was like, oh, sorry. And then she was like, okay, so have you done much acting before? Like commercial kind of work? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't. And she's like, oh, well, maybe you should practice if this is your job. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then and I'd also had to have written my measurements down on the page and to kind of just be seen as a model for what I looked like and my measurements and she didn't ask me anything I was like why aren't you asking me about my job like don't you care like I've got this business and and that's my worth and of course she didn't care because it was a modeling job and it was about what I looked like and so I left that and I called my agent and I said I'm so so sorry and I'm still with him now he's fantastic but he just works with me on other stuff I can't do this anymore because to be only valued for what I looked like in that moment I was just I and that was and that's what the industry is and at the time like I had so many insecurities especially with social media like what I posted I never wanted to post something where I looked that was unflattering or anything because I was so worried a client would see it and then not book me because they'd seen that image god it's so much pressure how do you grow out of that then because I imagine when from such a young age you're told that your currency is in your looks Mm -hmm. and and you're so aware of your measurement sizes I mean a lot of young girls wouldn't even know what those numbers mean and that's your job how do you grow out of that is it finding things that you like like passions moving into the health and fitness sphere is that what it was I think it was a combination between I didn't work very much I'm not a very strong model just it's just you kind of just have to be honest about it I'm not really You're strong a stronger model than Zara and I are. <laughs> I'm not that strong commercially and I'm not that strong editorially and so I didn't get that much work and so I was and then when I started to kind of do other work with jobs like Jagged where which was still modeling but it was being booked for me and talk, talking roles and like an ambassadorship yeah, yeah and my my work with keep it clean I was like I find this so rewarding and modeling just filled nothing for me anymore like it just just personally it just wasn't something that made me feel good I suppose and that's kind of where I decided that I was not gonna but it, but it did take a long time and, and also with social media I feel like it's, it's a tough thing because I feel like I had model in my bio for I've taken it out mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> I had it in my bio, bio for probably three years and I think 100% the reason that people might have started following me three years ago is because I was a model and, and people want to know what models eat and so I it's hard because I don't like I, I'm really I suppose grateful that I might not have been in the position that I am now if I didn't do it, which is really sad. And and that's the way it is. But I no longer define myself as a model or I'm proud of it. And that's what, I mean, that was my bio model and student. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, that's not what I am. So that's so interesting. Something that Zara and I have dealt with over the past few months in particular is we're obviously way, way smaller than your brand and Steph Claresmith's brand, obviously. Um, how do you deal with being identified as a duo? Because Zara and I personally went through a bit of a teething phase where we're like, people know us together and how do I fit into this? Do people, I guess it's like Hamish and Andy, do people like Hamish more? What role do I play in this? It's a really difficult situation. So I am curious with you and Steph, how Mm -hmm. does that operate being a duo? I think because we are so different 
Mm. I've never felt like that before. I think Steph and I are polar opposites. We have our own work outside of Keep It Cleaner, but then when we come into Keep It Cleaner, the girls in our community are so supportive and loving and no one will ever write, like, I think recently someone accidentally didn't tag Steph in something and just sent it to me and they were like, oh, Laura, I loved your workout. And they didn't say anything about Steph. She was like, whoa, like as a joke, like, oh, geez, what did I do this week? (laughs) (laughs) But obviously that was just a joke. So it's actually at the start maybe... A tiny bit, but because we we both have our own thing, and you know, I've got my uni, and then Seth's got Soda Shades and Midnight as well, her businesses, and then the Keeper Clinic community is has never ever ever said I like this person better or mm. I like that person better because they are so supportive. I I don't think we have felt it so much, which is which is good and probably why we work so well together. Mm. How was it going from both of you going from modelling and then launching Keep It Cleaner in the influencer community or influencer culture? A lot of people probably only really get now. How did you find with credibility? I mean, you are wanting to move from one space into another. Was it crossing your mind? Were you just thinking, I'm just going to put my head down and eventually the work will show? What was crossing your mind through and was it at all? When we started Keep It Clean? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that's been one of the biggest things and some people still say, oh, Laura is a fitness blogger. Like, I haven't written a blog post in, you know, like I'm not a fitness blogger. And, and that's, that's something in Steph as well. Like, oh, these are fitness Instagram models. We still get that. And that's always going to be the case. But we know that we are, and it's fine if you are that. That's totally fine. But that's not what we are. And I think we know that. And at the start, it was really hard to kind of push past that and have to re-explain to everyone. But I think as long as the close people around you see you as what and know what you're doing, that's the most important thing but it, it was hard and it's why we've been so so careful with our program and having a PT and a nutritionist and a dietitian all behind it because it is so important because as you guys always speak about it's one of my favorite parts about your podcast is um, there are a lot of pages where they don't think about the responsibility and the consequences of the information that they're putting out there. So I think by making a business out of it, especially, which everyone technically has because they're a personal brand, but especially with what we do, it's so important that we are so careful of that because it can be so dangerous and it's really unmonitored. I think that's one thing as well that potentially some people out there who follow you both don't realise. Like you guys have a fully fledged operating business with many arms going out of it you have your own office you have your own staff so when people minimize you to instagram influencer which is fine like you can call someone that that's fine but really you guys are entrepreneurs slash business women thank you <laughs> and you're very hard working case closed interview over <laughs> no but this is the thing it's like true. i think after spending time i always knew that steph and laura were hard working but i don't think i realized to the degree until i spent time around you both and your schedules i will always remember looking at your calendar on the wall when you're going through the next month and I actually couldn't believe it like how many trips you had to do interstate and how every single day including weekends for example you're launching your jagged line tomorrow on a Sunday like there's so much stuff that you do every day of the week because that's what it's like when you have your own business right yes exactly but it's I think we are so keep it clean I can't the community is the biggest motivator If, if I ever feel unmotivated I don't get motivation from myself. I'll get it from our community. So I think because we are so lucky to be doing what we're doing, it's not even a question if we would keep doing it. And now that we've got a team as well, I mean, I feel like our team is working so hard on the business, which is so cool. So we can't just not show up mm-hmm. or not work hard because it's like, why would they work hard if, if, we're, not, if we're not there? So I think that's been a big help as well. I'm interrupting this episode because I have a very sneaky request to make. 
without Zara's permission. I am just editing this, so I'm coming to you from the future. The Australian Podcast Awards close tonight, and we are only a couple of hundred votes behind top place. If you're not familiar, Zara and I are independent podcasters who do this from a tiny little space in the suburbs of Melbourne. If you want to support us, please go give us a vote via the link in our show notes. Zara will kill me for offering this, but if we do manage to win the OzPod Awards popular vote, I will personally remix her little rendition of Cash Me Outside, How About That, and sneak it into every episode of Shameless for the next month against her will. I will remix it. I've never remixed anything before. We'll just make it happen. Zara, if you do hear this when the episode goes live, I'm sorry, but also not really. Okay, I'm going to go. But if you want a little remix of Zara being an embarrassment to everyone, it is up for grabs. You just need to vote for us, please. Coming up after the break, we chat to Laura about the women she admires and her legacy. But first, a word from our sponsors. Zara, when we catch up with girlfriends in the warmer months, a cup of coffee doesn't exactly cut it. Oh, I know what you mean. When the temperature heats up, Mish, and everyone wants to get together, you need something that reflects summer. That's exactly why we are loving Birdie Cider so much. We sure are. There's something really amazing about sharing a drink with a group of girlfriends in the sun. And what's cool about Birdie Cider is that it only uses Victorian apples, which are hand-picked and cold-pressed to create a crisp cider that's small on sugar but big on taste. This could sound stupid, Michelle, but I'm also a massive fan of the bright green cans, which are so aesthetically pleasing. They look like they were basically made for an Instagram photo. Oh, and they're actually made in the same building, by the way, where Bertie Beetles, the chocolates you used to get in show bags, are made. Fun fact. Such a good little tidbit there. Bravo. Shall we crack open a cider for the second half of this episode? Yes, please. Thanks so much to Birdie Cider for making this episode of Shameless possible. Have fun and remember to always drink responsibly. With the modelling, with the Instagram and now with the business, you guys, obviously, you have quite a profile now. Like people know who you are, which I imagine must seem super weird. How have you sort of navigated that? Was there a point where you realised, fuck, people know who I am and I don't know if I like this or not? Um, no, I, I've been lucky. Most of the people that know who I am are just girls from our community. And it's so nice. Like when they come up and, and see us, it's not like a, oh my God, I love you. It's just a, hey, Laura, how are you? I'm like, oh my goodness. Do I know you from uni or where? <laughs> like, did, have I met you before? And then they're like, after we talk for a few minutes, they're like, oh, I'm a kid girl. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because I couldn't remember you and I'm so sorry. And it's, we're really lucky because the people that do, um, look up to us are really, really kind. And I think they're also have been the reason how with my confidence they've helped me so much with my confidence so I know something that you guys always talk about and Michelle we speak about a bit is trolls and how to deal with them Mm -hmm. and it's hard but I find I've got to a point now like with my physical appearance if someone messages me and says any I you could think of any kind of negative thing you could say to me about my appearance and I would laugh I could not I could not care less I'm still working on being attacked for things that I do but personally, like my physical appearance, I could not care less if someone says anything about it. And I don't mind, you know, before I used to not post anything unedited or um, not a perfect image. And now I don't mind because the community, the way that it helps them um, when I do post and stuff as well, something that's real and relatable, they kind of just make it feel like I want to post that all the time for them because it helps people. And yeah, so we are really lucky in that way. How do you handle that criticism that hurts? Because obviously stuff comes in and I imagine it's a process getting used to it too. The stuff that gets to me is when they attack Keep It Cleaner or something that I've done or a brand I've worked with. 
um, or an opinion that I have. And I will kind of, I think it's, it's the start. I'm so angry because I'm like, you don't know me. I've worked so hard to get here. Like, how dare you bring me down and ruin my day? Because usually it will ruin my day. And also, you never know which ones are going to get to you. Some of them don't, and some of them do, and there's no equation, I don't know why. And then it's also the kind of the sad feeling of like, oh, okay, maybe did I do the wrong thing? Did I make the wrong decision? And I start questioning myself and my confidence and, and what I do, and especially because Keep It Cleaner is all about confidence. If someone messages me and says, you are a reason that women like question how they look about themselves, I'm like, oh my God, I can't be that reason, because this is, this is exactly against what I do, and then I start to question what I do, and it's just like a back and forth thing in my head but I have learnt from Steph to block and delete I used to reply sometimes I do and just say hey thank you for your feedback just letting you know like this is why I did this but sometimes you'll find that people just keep coming back at you and there's nothing you can do and the best thing is just to get rid of them because you can't please everyone it's such a good point though because I know I have had this conversation with Michelle before like if we have ever got a comment that directly takes aim at what the podcast is about and the reason that we do it then I've said to her before if this is the kind of commentary like if I get this again I'm not doing it because it's not that what's the point like if the point is for us to do one thing and people are accusing us of not doing it well enough then I don't want to be a stain on you know whatever it is and I imagine for you it's hitting right that insecurity that you're trying to do one thing and people are accusing you of not doing it well enough exactly right and you cannot explain to everyone why you're doing something or you know so that's why sometimes I do try and keep some things private because I I just and it's something that when I was listening to your um, in conversation episode with Annie which was amazing and she's like so fearless and puts all this stuff out there and it's something that I am slowly, slowly growing my confidence to be able to share my opinion. The amount of times I've written something and then I read it and then I read it to Dalton and he's like, oh, you know, people are going to come back and say this and are you ready for people to say that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'll sleep on it. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to post it. She's got a lot of confidence to do that and it's really cool and I think it's something that I'm slowly growing my confidence in because it is because and you guys are the same you're in the mainstream media and it's hard to push the boundaries because you, there's a lot of backlash but what I love about your podcast is that you are having educated conversations so you're not just saying oh my god she looks ugly which of course you would never say no one should <laughs> ever say so that would. <laughs> no no you wouldn't no one would I'm ever kidding. say that no one in the community no, or anything or, or oh my god she did the wrong thing but you just talk about the issue and I think you yeah. also educate people about it both sides then when they come into your community and discuss it most of the time it's it's an actually really good discussion that and people can learn from it I think it's so funny you say that. Mm. We were going to ask you about this. Actually, as as you were talking about this, I smiled at Michelle and then I was like, fuck, Laura's going to think I'm a bitch (laughs) because you're not listening. We have even noticed that in you, I think, where you want to call out things more, even just share your opinion on things more. Yeah, so I definitely noticed a shift in like the a very slow shift in what you are starting to post. Mm-hmm. What is the stuff, obviously never naming names, but what is the type of stuff where you feel like it personally affects you and that you would mm-hmm. want to speak up about it? I think it's anyone speaking to young girls and just doing the wrong thing. I mean, there was a video that was posted online a few weeks ago and I literally was, I was texting Michelle about it. I was so upset. I started crying. Sounds Dalton like we text like, all the time. What is wrong? Like I literally, was, it was 11.30 at night and it just wound me up and I was like, I cannot believe that this person has done this. Like, as I think you say it all the time, Zara, is you don't have to do good. You're not responsible to, for being an advocate for things. And I don't think that every you know, 19-year-old girl that has 10,000 followers based on what she posts should have to say good things. But I feel like 
if you're not going to stand for anything, that is so fine. And no, you shouldn't have that responsibility. But if you are in a position where you have close to a million followers or, or even like more than a thousand followers or any followers really, you can't be putting things out there that are demoralizing to women and things that are just negative for the girls that are following you because it can be so dangerous. And it's one of those things that's like, this thing really got to me because I was like, there's women out there that have no voice in the whole world and they are spending their whole day trying to spread their message which is such a good message like about women's rights and things like that but they don't have a platform because they, they weren't a model or you know they don't have nice clothes and they can't post all their nice things and then there's girls that have this huge platform and they're, they're posting things that are literally so demoralizing that it's like you're literally standing on the head of this person that is working their ass off to promote this message and you don't even care mm. and I, maybe they, they don't have to care but they just have to not post things that are irresponsible and I just that's my biggest thing is people not thinking about the consequences of what they post and things like even posting things sometimes if like posting things that are really expensive and and you haven't tried it like that's really hard because it's like I I think back to me when I was 15 and, and how much I looked up to people and I would never want you know to post about something and then a girl to go and spend every time I post about something I'm like okay someone could be earning $11 $11 an hour. Well, I actually used to earn $6.70. That seems legal. <laughs> Training wage as a sandwich artist. Uh, yes. um, $6.70 an hour. And how many hours is it going to take for them to work it, to, to do that? So I, I think it's really just important to be very conscious of what you're posting. And I don't think you can be, as you always say, you can't be responsible for everything and you can't stand for everything. But I, I just do think that you have to be wary about what you're putting out there and the consequences. Completely. Just that idea of do no harm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You have done so much, like so, so much in your career so far. <laughs> Don't laugh at that because you have, in our little blurb at the very beginning, we'll rattle off everything you've done and it's a lot. Um. How do you define success, though? Do you think you're successful? And if you don't think you are there yet, what is success to you? I would I think success is, I feel successful, yes. I feel successful when I log into our community and I see a girl that used to have a really bad relationship with food and exercise and she hasn't, like maybe she's lost a few kilos but she doesn't care about that. She's happy and she's loving exercise and she's loving eating well because she's respecting her body and she loves herself more and she respects herself in her job and she asks for a pay rise which she never had confidence to do before. Like that is what makes me feel successful in that we started a community that no longer is something that, I mean, it's like with you guys, like I feel that when your community grows to a point, like it's not about Seth and I anymore. Mm. It's the girls supporting each other and I think that to me feels like I am successful in, in that right. But I think something that I don't know if it's just my mind or something, but I can't, I feel like with Keep It Cleaner, there's never a point. I mean, if you told me five years ago, like where, where I, what I would be doing, I'd be like, oh my God, I could retire. Like <laughs> that would be amazing. Like I don't need to work, like I would just work on that for the rest of my life and it would be all good because, you know, the business is going well. But I, I have never, ever, ever, ever got to a point where I'm like, okay, well, that's done now. People, yeah, like I think you just want to keep pushing yeah. and pushing and pushing. And last year was such a big year for us. Like we, we were literally told that we couldn't do what we were going to do and there was no way we could do it and good luck to us. And it was funny that we thought that we could do it and we went and we did it. And I think that for Steph and I has been a really big drive. But then the thing is, once you get to there, you're not thinking about that person in the past that told you you couldn't do it. You're just focusing on the future. So I think with Keep It Clean and we just, there's never a point where we will be happy and feel like it's done because and we've succeeded and we stopped because it, it's um, it, we just want to keep making it better and offering more value and improving it and helping girls because I think there's like there's 25 million people in Australia 
Obviously, I don't know what the percentage of boys and girls And at least 12 girls. And then some of those are girls and then some of them are young. And that's the market we want. Exactly right. But there's a lot more people that we can can reach and help. So, Mm. yeah. What do you think the biggest misconception is about you? Or even about keep it cleaner. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I, I don't know if there's a lot of, maybe because I am naive and I don't listen to a lot of it, but I, I mean, the biggest the conception about with Keep It Cleaner would be that we are a weight loss program and we are not. Which I will say I've gone through the entire program because I had to write it. it. I had to write <laughs> it. It does not mention purposefully, does not mention weight loss. It does not mention any kind of... Um, reduction of size or anything it's just about what women want to do it's about getting strong and fit yeah and that's I mean that's what we've wanted to do and we're really proud of that and we get messages from girls being like oh my god we I've just gone through your program and I can't find one word to do with losing weight and I've never found anything like this and before. that was on purpose you guys told oh, me 100 yeah. like yeah. that's and that's our brand but in saying that it's been hard because if you go to any Facebook advertising um, company or speak to anyone the way you sell a fitness program is by saying you can lose five kilos in one week or which is no no one should ever do that by the way it's very unhealthy see look how cognizant you are of what you say though you can't be doing that but uh, that like or something like look at this transformation picture and sometimes we share people's transformation pictures but we don't ask them and and we don't when we share them it's not about the photo it's about what they say and how they feel Um, and so for us I'm really proud that we've got to where we are with the program and grown it to where it is without having to fall back on you know you're going to be happy because you're thin because it's not no, it's not correlated. It's, no. No, just, <laughs> no, it's not going to work and, and um, not go doing that and just literally being out of – we thought we had a, a good idea for a, a health program and, and just going with it and not giving in to what I suppose society says we should in the diet world and what's going to work because mm. we just stuck to what we believed in. Mm. How would you hope people would describe you then? Because I'm very interested in how people, like, define themselves or how would they hope – like, what would you hope people would say about you? You know what? I wasn't prepared for that question because I know. I've listened to all of your podcasts. It's actually a new one that I'm actually going to start throwing in, so I'm testing it on you, but I am really interested in it. Because you can help uh, us write your bio at the start. How do I want people to describe me? Um, maybe someone trying to help – just a girl trying to help <laughs> – I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, <laughs> uh, trying to help young women, um, hopefully who inspires girls to know that they can kind of do whatever they want as long as you work hard for it. And um, oh, it's a hard one. I'm very sick of the you can do anything if you dream of it, whatever that saying is. Mm-hmm. You can or, do anything you set your mind or, to. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right. And, and I think there's, there's a balance with that. I don't think that everything is. There's some work that like, for example, maybe like being a Victoria's Secret model, like unfortunately – those you can't just be that because you have to look a certain oh, way. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Maybe we should make yeah. our own show. As an aside to this, we were sitting with the one a guy who's in beauty pageants the other day, and we met him, and he was sitting across from us going. I'm going to scout that girl over there. And we're like, excuse me, we're sitting at this table. We could be in a beauty pageant. What are you trying to say? You're sensing a theme. We want to be picked up. No, but I think that is, I mean, I think it's nice to sort of reflect on how you want people to describe you because it's what you said. I think most people would say that about you anyway. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Maybe just, and and that I like to make people happy. I think that's it. And one thing that I do hold myself to, and I think is so important in this industry, and it's, it's something that I see a lot of, and it's not always the case, is that you should always treat everyone the same, no matter who they are and in the industry there's a lot of people that will only treat you know the the head of the company 
well and then all the staff they'll disrespect because they can't help them but I think it's so important to treat everyone the same and remember that you never know what some someone's going through and and to just be so wary of what you say because you don't and I think that sometimes we we say things online and things like that but you have to be really careful because you don't know what's going on going on at home with people and yeah just to be really conscious do you put yourself under a lot of pressure then because it feels like you have you know you have a big responsibility which is amazing like incredible because I think it would help a lot of people if more influencers and more people with platforms realize the power that they have is that a lot for the mental load for you feeling like you have such a responsibility all the time yeah I for sure like I I get anxious about things sometimes I I definitely find it it's but I I feel like I can't not I just feel like this responsibility to just think back to 15 year old me and what would have helped me and I sometimes it, it is with client the thing that we're really lucky with now is because keep it cleaner is our is our main job and our main focus it's hard when you start social media because you get offered money to post about something that you would never have got money before I mean when I first started and the thing is I think something else that we should remember is and this is something that I'm starting to talk to myself about and why I'm going to be more open to sharing things is when I first started social media I edited my photos because everyone did and well that's what I thought everyone was doing it and I I remember I reckon a T-Tox brand sent me 10 tea bags and I was like oh my god 10 free tea bags I don't have to buy these I'm going to do 10 posts for you and that is something that I think it's really hard when you first start when you are offered a certain amount of money to post for something and to say no to it when it's like well well, I could work a whole week as a waitress or I could do a post and it's it's something that I've looked back on and I wasn't always as conscious about things as as I am now but it is hard when you first start social media to not to say no to those things to be seduced by it completely definitely um but now because keep it cleaner is our main is our business and that's our focus I I'm really lucky that I can be so selective on who I work with and, and I have that power and that choice and which everyone does and I wish that I had have realized that I had that power earlier to choose who I work with and and not associate myself with brands that don't um, have the same values as me because it's, it's not it's really not worth it but I think that's an important point to make even for the two of us because for as much as we can have or for as many conversations we can have about how influencers or whoever it might be has to be care- have to be careful about the paychecks they mm. um, sort of accept it's also a case of talking to people in a really nice and respectful way about it you don't want to scare people off or be angry all mm. the time because people are learning and you can absolutely turn around and be like I fucked up and I'm not going to do that again that's right and I think that's the crux of a lot of the conversations like you often need to remember that people are flawed mm. and people will make it if you offer someone five thousand dollars or two thousand dollars whatever it is to share a brand yeah they might say yes to it and yeah in hindsight it might be a bad decision but I'm not sure how many people could sit at a table and say no to that much money especially it's even a privileged thing like if you haven't seen that kind of money before in your life and mm. now you're being offered it just to share mm-hmm. a photo of tea you can see that's right I think that's definitely right but I think now hopefully that there's a lot of products that no one should promote you know the the diet pills that we speak at school sometimes and um we did this big talk and this girl put her hand up and she said so do those um gummy bears actually make your hair grow and I was like oh my god (laughs) did you listen to what we said please please repeat the question and tell me if you're going to ask it again do gummy bears make your hair grow 
Not sure. Probably not. I really don't think so. I think, like, it would have been on TV if it did, and it's not. So, no, they don't. I think there are a lot of things, and I know you've spoken a lot about what the Kardashians do, and that is just I am so blown away by why they are still doing those posts because they do not need money. And, I I mean, you shouldn't just do it because of that, but that confuses me. But I think that it's something that should be and something that I'm starting to come to terms with. I'm scared to post things because I'm like, oh, my God, but I bet you five years ago I did that. But I think that, as you said, it's okay to make mistakes and there's there's not you can change now like if you want to stop and be more conscious about what you're posting it doesn't matter that last week you took a lot of money for something or you posted something because it, it doesn't mean that you can't do something good Today's from a now new day. Yeah. yeah so that's something that has been a fear of mine people coming back and be like oh my god well you did this five years ago which I hope I didn't do too many things and the TA posted wasn't a weight loss tea but it everyone can go tea, back through your feed you know, right now yes <laughs> um but the Daily it's Mail being okay with like it, it's okay to to start change now and you know you can still change things and, no um, I love that and I think that's so true as well we usually finish every episode in the same way and I know you're laughing because you know this as well you're like yeah yeah texted me last night she goes Laura just so you know you need to know uh what who inspires you and what you've asked yourself the question and I was like Mish I also need to know what I'm reading and listening to (laughs) and I could probably write (laughs) who does inspire you I'm interested in that okay so there's a lot of people I don't have one role model that I look up to so there's just a lot of people in my life so Steph is a huge one for me I, I don't know of anyone else who has a million followers that is so real and open um, with their audience as Steph is I think she's really courageous in that and she also works extremely hard like I think in the past two weeks she's literally had maybe 15 flights and then she still makes it to the office and so yeah Steph is a really big one for me and I think she's also a good example of someone who is happy for others which in Melbourne a lot of people have tall poppy syndrome which I'm sure now you start going to events and stuff and you probably have already experienced it can be really hard but Steph is one person that she is if you go to a back in the modeling days if you went to a job with her and you got it over her, she would be as equally happy for you as if she got it herself. That is and one of the most uniquely exactly because there's not many people qualities, like that. and it is so yeah. such a lovely one when you find people that uh, have it. It's just amazing. And and when you asked before, I mean about how we work. I think that's also how we work so well together about being definers too, because we both support each other and want the best for each other so much that doesn't it doesn't and matter. it bring that brings the best out of both of you exactly anyway. Right. So that's that's probably one. Double Steph is definitely one. Um, the girls at our office. Um, they inspire us. They're really hard workers. And I mean, their organization inspires us. If they're listening to this, they'll laugh. They are the most organized people I've ever met in my life. Um, my mum inspires me. I mean, mum taught me that I could get anything that I wanted, you know, as we spoke about before, relatively um, <laughs> and realistically if I worked hard for it. So my mum, who actually listens to your podcast, I forgot to tell you, she actually, the other day um, we were at her house and she was like, oh, Laura, uh, did you know about this? And I was like, how do you know about that? Like, <laughs> oh, shameless. Yeah, the girls are talking. <laughs> What's your mom's name? Julie. Shout out to Julie. Oh, hi, Julie. <laughs> she listens. She listens to, to the podcast. Um, so I'm sure she'll be excited that I'm on it. <laughs> um, and then people, who else do I look up to? People, I mean, every, a lot of people, I don't really have a lot of, I like my role models to be relative and, and close to me and actually achievable. I don't have many that People like Michelle Barmer, I'm reading her book at the moment as well, which is really good. Like, I definitely look up to her, but she probably wouldn't be my number one role model because I feel like she's so far from me that <laughs> I, like I an can't alien. achieve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, people that are probably a little bit 
closer to my I like Janine Alice Lord actually because mm. I feel like she's really realistic about you, what you actually have to do to start a business and that it's hard and she's when we met her I'm so scared of her but she was so awesome because she is just like okay well you're gonna have to do this and you're gonna have to do this and you're gonna have to do this and so she's really real she's she doesn't sell fluff she's just and I like that I like that she's like that because I feel like there is a lot of sometimes on social media people that sell businesses like it's so easy and, you know and, but she's she's good so yeah people in my I mean I wish Nen was in my inner circle she's enough <laughs> but people that are that I've met and know are my role models I think what's next for you 2019 um, what's on the agenda well we were going into another platform um which will be really exciting um, what? You don't have to tell us, but that sounds interesting. <laughs> Another platform. Yes, that would like be good for Kevin McLeaner. It's like a riddle. <laughs> oh, we are starting a podcast, yes, um, but it's it's going to be for young girls. So speak very similar to our book, we feel like. So you're not launching something. a podcast for smart women who love dumb stuff? You could launch a competitor. Um, <laughs> Welcome into the space. My vocabulary <laughs> would not suffice. <laughs> sometimes I listen to you guys and I'm like, oh, I haven't heard. I literally sometimes write down words that you use and then I look them up and I'm like, I should use that. Because Michelle actually like Googles dictionary stuff before <laughs> for big words. So definitely not like that. But yeah, that we definitely would love to start a podcast mm. this year and just speak about um, going through high school. And I think because I, I was afraid that young girls wouldn't listen to podcasts but I, I think that they are so um we'll, we'll do that and then we also want to go we want to do a bit of a um a few events around Australia and because we do a lot of events in Sydney and Melbourne we get to meet our Sydney and Melbourne community for keep it cleaner but we don't get to meet everyone around Australia so that will be really cool to do that so that's the the goals for the year big year yeah, I think every so year for you is a big year, isn't it? No, but same for you guys. I mean, you've grown your community to 8,000 people. <laughs> you don't have to handle every compliment back, Laura How Henshaw? many months? <laughs> no, How long? Uh, episode 45? It'll be coming up to a year. It, yeah. Oh, my God. You don't. Yeah, it is episode 45. <laughs> I'm not a real stalker, I promise. We are. We're coming up to a year. But, Laura, you have been an absolute delight. Oh, and we are so guys. thrilled that you joined us and welcomed us into your home. And your beautiful dog, Billy, is Who now fast asleep. in the room this entire time and not made a sound he's just asleep look at him he's what a life yeah no thank you so much I think there is so much good that you do and so mm. much good that young girls can get from you and I think the more people that follow you the better thank you guys and I think the same for you mm. and everyone vote for the girls <laughs> on the podcast award because it ends tonight at midnight and we need to be quick you didn't even pay her to say that but <laughs> sure <laughs> oh I have one more thing oh, yes. on behalf of your community I haven't asked them but I feel like this is what they want I think you should start doing three a week <laughs> Okay. I need to stop working full time first, but sure. But then maybe. Laura, thank you. Thank you, girls. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this In Conversation episode of Shameless. Like we keep banging on about, if you do have a spare minute, please vote for us in the Australian Podcast Awards. We would appreciate it so much. We had only had this podcast for less than a year, so to win that would just be a bloody dream come true. It will take two to three minutes of your time and we will love you forever and ever. We will post the link in our Instagram bio at Shameless Podcast. Otherwise, you can find us in the Facebook group, Shameless Podcast Community. If you want to follow Laura, of course, you probably already do. She's one of the best influencers in Australia. Her handle is at Laura.Henshaw. She is part of Keep It Cleaner. They are also on Instagram. They've got a Facebook group. So go check all of that out. We love Laura and we love what she stands for. And we cannot thank her enough for being on this episode with us. We really appreciate it, Laura. We love you. So we'll see you guys on Monday for a regular episode of Shameless. Hello. 
Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.